0: Yeah. This is the
1: relevant, relevant Podcast. It's episode 1,114. Of this Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, is Jesse Carey. Hello, hello from Nashville, Tennessee. He's back from Dubai. Artist producer mogul Derek Miner.
2: What's happening?
1: I got some questions for you. Oh, uh, just yeah. down the street there in Nashville, our managing editor downtown, Emily Brown. Hey, y'all. And the whole family is here from L.A. Please welcome Marty. Howdy. Derek, we missed you, man. You were in Dubai over the last couple of shows.
2: Yeah.
0: How was such it? Such a flex.
2: Yo. I know, right? I almost didn't come back. I ain't going to hold you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I ain't going to hold really you. You really liked it. Man, it was such a... It's such a clean city and and safe city. Like you could literally. Well, you know why? It's because they don't let women drive cars. Oh my gosh! Oh. They don't. I, all right. The impression there is terrible. No, women can drive cars. I've seen several women driving cars. Uh,
1: I know they actually changed that law two years ago. Uh, oh, they, it, was they, it, it, was, it, it was a real law. I knew. I figured it was a real law. Yeah. No, it was a real I law. Because it, was. it was an international pressure because it came out that women were so second class in Dubai. <sighs> they they changed the driving. So law. here's so. the
2: thing. I, I'm sure if you stay in any place long enough, you'll find out the things that you don't like about it. But the right. one thing that I did love about it is being there and not having to worry about getting robbed. Why
1: Why would you not have to, I mean There's so much money, so much wealth, so much. You, there's no crime. How could there be no crime? I would think it'd be a target for
2: criminals. Nah, it's because.
3: They just cut their hands off. It's
1: easy. Well,
2: the thing is, you, we can say what we want, but in America, I feel like we have laws and then we have laws to get around the laws. Like there's no real consequences For you making decisions. Like everybody can get away with whatever. And I think just in that place, it's not really like that. So, yeah, I mean, uh, us Americans are like, oh, I could never live in a place where if I follow the rule, if I don't follow the rules, there's actual consequences. But over there, no one was tripping. It's just, hey, I'm not gonna steal anything because something will happen to me that. Is meant to deter people from stealing. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't but know if that's good. I, I you. Right, I'm like, I don't know if that's yeah, saying Torture, I, I'm, I'm
1: torture I, I, is a great deterrent is what you're saying. You are pro-waterboarding.
2: Back I didn't say, say, I didn't say torture is a great deterrent, but I but I am saying that if, if you steal something, okay, like we see the videos of people smashing and grabbing and then the law yeah. protects smashing and grabbing, well then, don't be surprised if everybody smashes and grabs, right? Like it's just like I I don't know. Like I said, I don't know enough about Dubai's politics or its culture to even speak on what's happening. So, but all I do know is when people leave their shopping cart, you don't have to worry about stuff getting stolen out of it, and everyone drives a speed limit because there's cameras everywhere, and if you go over the speed limit, you get a ticket. I mean, it's, it's, you know what I'm saying? Like it's for, for me, for me, it it was relaxing in that sense.
3: Were people staring at you like you must be a celebrity because you're tall and
2: nobody cares. No one cares. cares. There's so much, so much money over there and there's so much tourism. Like it was tourists from everywhere. And which was another dope thing about it is, you know how you get those judgy looks. I I mean, there was no, there was no judgy looks like nobody was sizing you up. Everybody just own their thing, and they trying to get where they're trying to go. Everybody was kind and polite to me. I, I enjoyed my time in Dubai. I'm not going to lie.
4: It sounds to me like when I would visit a buddy's house growing up that would live like in a fancy, gated like golf course community, uh-huh. and it was all fun and games, but you take one joyride on a golf cart that you're not <laughs> supposed to as a 14-year-old. And guess what? There's cameras everywhere out there. And uh-huh. You're going to get in trouble. That's what it seems like. you got to be you got to be cautious about this. The the surveillance state because they don't tolerate. They don't they don't suffer. Oh, yeah, fools like it's that, Absolutely. Like that golf course. It's community.
2: absolutely a surveillance state. Now, I, that's why it would never fly over here because Americans yeah. are not going to allow cameras to be in every inch of the city. It, but the yeah. thing is, why won't you allow cameras to be? In every inch of the city and public places, it's because we want to get away with stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's like if you if we're being honest, like, it's like, oh, d- don't have a camera over there because you might blow up m- me breaking the law. So it's like, in, in one sense, I'm like, yeah, I'm not saying let's turn America to a surveillance state. But what I am saying I is- think you, I think that's what I'm hearing, though. I I heard, I think, well, hey, well, look, hey, here's my thing. I don't commit crimes. So you could put a camera in all public places, and I would be fine. You know what I'm saying? It wouldn't bother me. All at these all.
1: privacy people, I have the same viewpoint, Derek. Like all these people are like freaking out about your phone is tracking this, and that one. And I'm like, well, then don't do that shady yeah. stuff on your phone. <laughs> like it's just, to it's me, it's like, like <laughs> I like the
3: fact. Yeah, it's usually somebody who works at Old Navy that's telling me about the conspiracy. Th- I'm like, you work at Old Navy. Nobody cares about what you're doing in your life. You'll be fine.
2: You'll be <laughs> Bro, good, You, you know? will be just fine. Like, dog, I, like, but it, it was, that was cool. It was also cool to watch, like, honestly, like being in a, in a place that is uh, highly Islamic, you know, and and seeing, like, I mean, you would see people in these burqas. And at the same time, they're going into the the Louis Vuitton store buying Louis Vuitton. It was kind of like a it was a mind, like it messed with my mind a little bit. How much how much gold did you buy? Man, only thing I bought was a watch. I bought my wife uh, some diamond diamond earrings and and a bracelet. I bought a nice watch. Are the but, prices better yes. or worse? Because duty free. No 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 yeah. no. So yes, if you buy something uh you if you buy something when you go to the airport if you tell them you're a tourist you can get all your taxes back so yeah so that's, so, that's, common. So that's yeah. cool but if you go to there's a place called the gold sook so there's two people in the gold sook there's tourists that are getting taken advantage of because <laughs> and then there's the people that know whatever their price is just cut it in half and talk to them and get what you want. You know, my uncle's been out there a lot. So, we, you know, we, we negotiated and I got some really, really, really good prices on gold because um, it's plentiful over there. Um, but some of the tourists, I talked to a tourist. And she w- got w- cooked.
1: Why is gold plentiful? They live. It says desert. Is it because I, I think it's just the it industry?
2: Africa? I think the industry is plentiful. I don't know if the the mineral is plentiful, but the industry is like there's gold everywhere. Like so, everywhere you go, there's two things in Dubai that you're gonna find. You're gonna find a lot of gold and a lot of perfume. Like mm. I mean, yeah, I, they, they were, love the perfume. Man, they were spraying. Oud, it's called Oud, O-U-D. Man, I got sprayed by so much Oud walking through, airport. I mean, everywhere you go, somebody's trying to sell you some fragrances. So that's the two things that's over there. Uh,
1: Derek, the the UAE, Dubai, is the biggest destination for African gold. So all that gold came from Africa.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm like, I don't know how I got there, but I'm like, it's... Everywhere, like there's gold everywhere, you know, here, here, Derek, I gotta be honest. Here's
4: how your experience as it's described sounds like to me. It sounds like going to a large open air Nordstroms where you go through perf- people trying to sell you perfume. <laughs> you see a lot of jewelry and you know if you do one thing wrong, you're going to be on camera and there's going to be covert security you're coming out to scoop you up. In trouble. It sounds like essentially a, a trip to Nordstrom at this point. Hey, I'll take uh, it.
2: I'll take it, but we had a we had a good time and we did uh ATVs in the desert. Oh, that's fun. Uh that was that was really cool. I Were mean, we you able to preach cable? the gospel you, out there? You could do that in Phoenix. I'm just uh I'm ah. good. <laughs> and then the last thing that I did that so anyone that knows me knows I'm extremely terrified of heights. Mm. And my wife and my uncle made me do this thing called Dinner in the Sky, where oh, they hoist man. you up on a crane. You're sitting at a bar, a open air bar, so you're just—it's
1: like a pedal tavern. Yes, up in the air—a pedal yeah.
2: tavern that's ten feet Seen in the air—and that was the most terrifying experience I've ever like. Were you I'll even never able to eat,
0: again. or were you just like so stressed the whole time?
2: Oh, listen, I held it like a G. <laughs> okay. I got videos. I kept it gangster. Like I didn't, I didn't <laughs> scream nothing. But inside, the the grown man in me was in the fetal position. <laughs> Sweat. Like, I just I, the groan. Here's man. what I'm
1: imagining. You know, you know those videos of like friends like doing the slingshot rides, and the one friend screams and passes out, and wakes up and screams right. and passes out. That's Derek during dinner inside. It's just
2: him inside. Out. That's just, what was happening. I passed out at least <laughs> ten times inside. Outside, I was cool as I was. You know, look, I was Denzel Washington cool, but inside. I was I want to see the video
0: of that because like, I want to see insane. if you
2: actually were playing it as cool as you thought you were. <laughs> Listen, I'm going through all the videos, like, Emily, like cuz they were they they're all taking videos cuz they want you to enjoy sure. the experience. And all the videos I have this smile that's like this. Y'all can't see it and I'm going to show Emily the smile like this. <laughs>
0: That is the fakest smile I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah.
2: Like all the none of the pictures. I'm not posting any pictures because they're like, yeah, you know what I'm
1: saying. Gripping the table. Yeah,
2: yeah, it was rough.
1: You're Like a kid on school picture day where they're having a whole
2: (laughs) snap. They're like, yo, you can sit back from the table if you want to. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm just gonna stay right here. How
0: big is this like crane? Like, how can you like get up and move around? Or you just
2: like you? No, no. There's no getting up and moving around. You're strapped strapped in. in. You're like, strapped in. You're yeah. strapped in like a yeah. pilot, right? What and about the waiters? I, the waiters are in the center of it, so it's almost set up hibachi okay. style, right? So oh. it's like the waiters are in the center, or there's two chefs, yeah. there's a chef and a sous chef, and then there's a waiter on one end of the of the bar, and there's a waiter on the other end, and they all job. have they have harnesses on. Um, so some goes bad, they're fine because they have the harnesses. They have we, parachutes we don't have anything we have the seat that we're like buckled into now here's one thing i did appreciate the buckles are behind you so no one can panic and unlock their buckle right so yes, you know that, i do appreciate that but um, i i envision
1: this experience being like you're over the grand canyon or in dubai you're you're over the top level of the top Skyscraper no, or something or whatever, no, but I the, think the, I heard you say that you're ten feet in the air.
2: No, ten stories.
1: Ten stories, hundred yeah, feet. In the air. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. so That's a little so, better. Yeah, but so that ten feet, I was sorry. like, you can just jump down. Why like, are
3: harnessing it, it, it reminds me of a Chili's I went to in Seattle that had the uh, <laughs> no, yeah, you know, no. Was just over the balcony. Sorry, yeah. ten, <laughs> I said
2: ten, ten. I meant ten stories. So I guess okay. fifty meters is ten stories, correct? something 10 around that. 100 feet 10, 10 yeah, feet per so that's so everything feet. was yeah. in meters over there so i don't know but i'm thinking it's like 10, wait 10, was the 10 food feet, 10 good 10 stories, though so yeah. like
0: was it at least kind of worth it
2: guy food i'm a foodie you can say no so speak your truth i i think no 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 It no that, it was lamb and and steak and all that stuff but i'm a foodie so D- it, it was i'll say this it was mm-hmm. adequate um, it was adequate. for I think for the average person... You're paying for the
1: experience, that, yeah. not yeah. for the food, basically. But the average yeah.
2: person, they would love it. But for a foodie like myself, it was cool. So it I a, give it a good cheesecake, good, cheesecake Factory. I give it a good... A little more elevated than Cheesecake Factory. Would yeah, it have, I think it's a little oh, more elevated. Would it, it have loved, tasted better if you us. weren't 100 feet now, in the air? Maybe. I probably... The, the nervousness <laughs> and the bile in my stomach that was yeah. fighting back... Probably was kind of fighting the seasoning. Mm, mm, that makes so, sense. I don't know, Der- Derek.
4: I do have a question about the the four wheeling or ATVing in the desert because I think I think we've all had this experience on a vacation uh-huh. where we rent jet skis at some location, and it sounds like a fantastic idea. Uh-huh. And then you get out on the jet skis and you're out there for about ten minutes you do a couple circles, you go really fast, you slow down, you kind of spray, and then you look at it, you're down at your watch, and you're like, I've got 45 minutes left on this jet ski <laughs> rental, and I feel like I've done everything that I can what do else? and just open yeah. water on no, a jet ski. It like, what else am I doing here?
2: No, that that wasn't the experience. Um, okay. I had I had a lot of fun, but here's where the fun came in, okay? So I, I and my wife were the youngest two people there. No, no, no. Sec- second youngest. There was a young lady and then her friend and then the rest of the people were retired pretty much because it's my uncle's anniversary and he v- invited his friends out. It's beautiful. So the funnest part about the ATVs is watching auntie and uncle on these ATVs trying to figure out how not to get flipped over in the sand. Literally one, <laughs> one lady, elderly lady fell off the ATV and, and had a crash and Ooh, it was just left her. They left her <laughs> out. No, there. we did not. Just, but that's the thing. So I love we, when all, that had, stuff happens we all had to be in I a know, pack. A so story. everybody's had to stop and wait and watch them try to help <laughs> this lady back. Or to the ATV. So she was not part happens. of
3: your group, Derek. Was she? She was a no, part of your group. Yes, she okay.
2: was a part of the group. She was one okay, of my closest friends. So it's friend, not so funny then. It <laughs> was hilarious inside, but outside it was not fun at all. Yeah, you right? have to
3: pretend. You're like, oh, are you okay? Can I
2: rev this still? Like, like, absolutely. So like we're waiting, and people are falling and, and everything. And then another thing. So this came with dinner and a show. So, but the show was like three miles into the desert. Uh, It was a Turkish uh, thing. They had food from Morocco, Turkey. It was super dope. They had fire breathing people and stuff. It was super dope. But our car got stuck in the sand. And then the car that they sent to get us out got stuck in the sand. (laughs) (laughs) And then the car that they sent to get both the cars out almost got stuck in the sand. They had to like flatten the tires or something and lord of the flies at this point it, brought, like, it was crazy like, but it was we're, we're but made, it, that was yeah. the best part we're of now the Bedouin people. people. Yes. we're just gonna set up i know school. you're talking we're about regular, regular sand, sand really but football. i'm
0: imagining it's like quicksand where it's like you gotta get someone out <laughs> yeah me too otherwise
2: like no it's not we quicksand do. at all but it was <laughs> but it, it was nothing but sand everywhere yeah. though so, OK, this might um, be a dumb question. Where crazy. is
0: quicksand? Like, where can I find quicksand? Because it's just not.
1: Quicksand line. is found in hollows at the mouths of large rivers or along flat stretches of streams or beaches where pools of water become partially filled with sand and an underlying layer of stiff clay or another dense material. Yeah, that's pools. what I was going to say. There has I, to
2: be some water involved because that's what makes it quicksand.
1: I refuse
2: to believe that
4: quicksand is anything other than
3: like a dramatic plot and
4: device. And that's the only time I've cartoons. ever
0: seen it. So that's why I was like, where can I Throw find me it? Throw the
3: rope. Like, I thought I would be experiencing yeah. more in life, but no. It's particularly it, it, it,
0: common
1: in the marshy coast of Florida and the Carolinas. Of course
2: it oh, wow. would be in Florida. In southern where Utah, New from.
1: Mexico, and northern Arizona. Good old
2: Florida.
4: Yeah, we've traveled extensively, all of us, through those areas and, and never seen it one time. It's like the old... It, it's it's like the the beliefs that I feel like a lot of us grew up about dramatic uh, traumatic brain injuries <laughs> mm-hmm. where the best way to like what a blow to the head obviously only causes one temporary condition and that is amnesia of everything you've yes. ever experienced yes. in your life except yes. for the ability yes. to speak yes. right yes. You, you know you're a human and you know you just don't know where you are or who these people are yes. but and we all know that the the cure, It's very obvious too. You just have to be smacked Mm -hmm. in the head again. That's it. Like, these are like quicksand is just like that. It's, we we were, we were, they were made into plot devices like on like Gilligan's Islands and Looney Tunes or like some, or like 80s sitcoms. And now it's just, you know, we just have a dramatic misunderstanding of them,
1: you know? Can you swim out of quicksand? One can easily float on quicksand, simply lie down and roll out of harm's way. It's the motion of trying to pull free and swim that creates problems. But it says quicksand is usually only a few feet deep. And what you see on the big screen rarely happens. The danger of quicksand is actually minimal. You slowly, you go down a couple of feet and you just walk it's out. It's not of like the Indiana basically. Jones. It's
4: not. The other thing, no. too, is like I used to think like bad guys, like, like bombs that bad guys uses were like, bowling balls with comically large large fuses on them. Fuses, yeah. and, and that's just how we understood explosives, all explosives to work. Or that any bomb had a little digital mm. clock on it. <laughs> because that's how they operate. And it can easily be, <laughs> yeah. be diffused. If the you yellow clip wire yeah. the single wire. But okay. if you don't it will speed up the clock to like double time. Yes. And then you really, then you have <laughs> yes. very limited time to figure yes. out. Stuff. Like, that was just our understanding of how all of this worked. Yep. You know,
0: Are you trying to say that movies lied to me? What? Yeah, you know that. This is news to me.
1: Uh, we have a great show in store for you today, moving the show along. Uh, Mosaic MSC joins us later. Don't want to miss that segment. Also, hope we have your feedback at the end of the show, but stay tuned right now. Up next, it's Relevant Buzz. Strive. Ah, place a bet on a game
5: knowing no one will score And break a sweat watching the greats dragging their feet on the floor Is it ambitiously weak to be proficiently poor
6: And still smile when on trial But still, it's
2: Ace Top Mid Boss pass, pass. pass.
1: You're listening to Yard Act. The song is Dream Job. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in.
0: Amazing. Did not disappoint.
1: Glory of emotions. It was powerful,
4: heartbreaking, uplifting.
0: You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four.
1: Episodes 1 through 3 of The Chosen Season 4 are in theaters till February 14th. So
3: visit the com and get your tickets now. That's the com for tickets today.
1: Okay, it's time for relevant boys. Tell us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture, Emily.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about this interesting study that came out recently. Um apparently Gen Z has said that they want to see less romantic relationships and sex on television and movies and see more platonic friendships. Um, This study uh, asked viewers between the ages of 10 and 24, um, just kind of their thoughts on how relationships are um, sort of portrayed online or or, sorry, on TV and movies. And 51.5% said that like romantic relationships and kind of like sex plot lines are just really pointless and that they don't really care to see them. Um, and I have I have a theory about this, real quick, Emily.
4: Okay,
1: I do too. I want to hear yours. Love it.
0: Okay, my theory is I have a
4: theory too. Since a, a combination of of interest rates, COVID, and and uh, uh, job um, trends have left a lot of Gen Zers still living at home with their parents. Mm. We have parallel studies that also oh. show that there's a connection and, there for sure. And 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 and, and <laughs> Kids these days, I say kids these days, young adults in their 20s are now living at home with their parents more and more and are probably watching more television with them. And they know, just like any any person since the advent of of moving picture screens there is on on a list of the the most uncomfortable situations anyone can experience it's watching something on tv or a movie with your parents when something like that comes on yeah. mm. it is it is i think it, i i don't know that maybe this is about morality and their thoughts about romance maybe it's just that they don't they're living at home more <laughs> and do not want to encounter that that horrible experience that i think you know, everyone at some point has had in a movie theater or watching TV. Do you guys think I'm wrong
0: here? Yeah. I think that's absolutely a factor.
1: I I mean, I I was so scarred. I was so scarred by watching Titanic with my dad when the, the <laughs> unexpected painting scene came on as a child. That yeah. It wasn't that I was scarred by the scene. I was scarred by the fact that my dad
2: was sitting next to me. Exactly what I'm saying. It's hard. It's hard. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I've never seen that, Titanic, so I don't know what y'all talking about. But
1: uh, paint me like one of your French girls. Yeah, so there was a, a topless painting. Yeah, she's scene she's in naked the- in this movie. PG- in the middle of the movie. movie.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's.
3: In a it was what? the nineties. It was different era. No, nah, the nineties painting a girl. Yeah, PG-13 in different. the
1: 90s was basically soft R. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: There was like a scene of like, if you saw a PG-13 movie, there was a butt or like a, uh, like a, a, a non-sexual boob that was going to make an appearance. Mm. That was just what Damn. happened in the 90s. Uh-huh. It's
4: a unique feeling of just... Of just like ice running through your veins yeah. when you're sitting there and everyone just doesn't it's know. Where, like everyone can't look at the screen, but they definitely don't want to look over at each other. What in are the, the in parents the room thinking, the though? Theater. I want to
3: ask my parents, like, what are you thinking, though? I wonder if they're stressing out like we're stressing out like, oh, my God, like, oh, yeah. to right
1: oh,
2: absolutely.
1: <laughs> my thi- my theory. So, so the study came out and it sounded like okay, Gen Z saying there's too much sex on TV and movies. We don't want that. It's more about friendships. I was like, oh, what a nice moral statement. And it dawned on me, this is the generation that has devices in their hand and they can look at porn whenever they want. Mm. So maybe they're just not as titillated or drawn by sex because it's so ubiquitous in their lives. And so they were like, when I'm watching TV, I'd rather just watch something else because I can watch sex whenever I want to.
0: I think there's probably multiple factors. Yeah, Yeah. it's very cynical. I think there's probably a lot of factors. One thing I thought of, sort of, of, I thought this is where you were going, Jesse. You took it a different way, but I do think this generation being isolated in COVID, I think they like that we there is this epidemic of loneliness that specifically Gen Z is dealing with. So it's like I want when I look at when I watch TVs and movies, I want to see something that like.
1: TVs and movies? You just look at the television. I was hoping you wouldn't
0: catch that. TV shows and movies. Um, <laughs> I like. I want when something. When I go to, Best you, by, you know,
2: he's not going to pass up. TVs. I, he's not going to pass up opportunity to be smart. No, like, know, he's, just, he's not going to do it. it. You already know this. He keeps uh, this me humble, Emily. which is good. <laughs> right.
0: um, no, but like when I watch shows and movies, like I want to see something that like I enjoy or that I aspire to or that. I don't know. this just like ref- is reflective of what I would maybe want in life. And so it's like, I like if I'm a young kid stuck at home and have grown up in a pandemic, I want to see friendships and people hanging out and having fun. Um, so I, th- I think there's probably multiple factors. In this. this is a so more positive saying-
2: take on Cameron's perspective. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah. but,
1: your, but your psychological draw is interesting because it's like movies and television Shows us an aspirational life that I mm. don't have as my reality. That's why I want to watch you. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you're saying in previous generations, sex was the aspiration. Yes. So we want to see that in these plots. Now mm. I'm so lonely and isolated. Friendship and community is the aspiration because sex is on my phone. I can do that whenever I want. So I can. Sure.
2: That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. In other In other words, like we are, what. I, that's what. I, what I was going to say was, I think they're just inundated with it. And I, I yeah. think in the past, I think in the past, in order to get people's attention, like with us growing up, is throw a sex scene in there, like what Marty said. Titanic, a boob is like, oh, that's provocative. We got to go watch yeah. that because there's a boob didn't in it, right? See
3: it all the time. It was like, oh my god! It was now there. it's
2: everywhere. Like there, <clears throat> there's everywhere. not even yeah. a story. It's just like, it hey, is. this is a, a a crappy movie, but let's put fifteen sex scenes in it, and then now people will watch it. Well, that's not, like you said, they got sex everywhere. So like, it sounds like the kids just want an actual story. They're like, hey, can can y'all give us a a story without boobs? Like, what? And, and, And when you think about us growing up, like, we watched, like, man, all right, what was, Macaulay Culkin had a crazy run of dope movies. Even like the the good that's son, a great point, Derek. like if you could watch some really cool movies that there was movies they, for
3: us though, right? Like that era yeah. was good, and it, like Mighty Ducks, right? Like Mrs. Yeah. Doubtfire. There was an era where like kids' movies were adult friendly as well, so you could yeah. watch with the family. And now you can't. It's like Euphoria, or that's like the reference I'm using because I think that was but, on the study too. But I right, or think
2: Even Friends, is- Living Color, Art, and Living Color, mm-hmm. uh, Living Single. Those were shows that you could watch yes. like, with your friends. Emily, I'm sorry. I cut you off. You had something? Sorry.
0: No, no. I was going to say, I, I think it's good that Marty's bringing up the show Euphoria because that is referenced a lot because yeah, for all intents and purposes, that show is technically geared towards teenagers um, because it's about high school students. But that show is known for being so overt with sex and drugs yeah. and all these like just In rock and roll. In rock and roll. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And so it's interesting that like that's when we think about like, okay, well, what's a show for teens right now? And we go to this, which is like just one of the most, like I said, yeah, like there's tons of sex and stuff in it. And the fact that the teens are saying like, I don't want that. I want something more wholesome.
2: They want actual story. Yeah. (laughs) All right. What else do you have, Emily.
0: Um yeah there's another study I want to talk about. Pastors are really concerned about uh younger generations and basically their lack of financial giving to the church. Um so like millennials and Gen Z they very much give. just their- concerned
4: about
2: the They oh. can't even afford a house. Yeah. That's What do you mean like the dog? You weak, we can't even pay rent, bro. What did you say? Like you mad cuz we can't help you <laughs> buy another car? Cuz we can't we can't got we know. can't buy a house. All
1: right. All right, Mr. Cynical. I th- said the younger generations aren't tithing at all because we and can't
2: so, buy a house.
0: <laughs> that, I, I did not expect we can't pay rent. Fruits.
2: We can't afford First gas. Fruits. You remember? Remember on Kanye album, we broke, 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 five broke. We ain't got it. We collectively, as a generation, is broke, five broke. Sorry, Cameron, I'll let you go ahead.
1: I'm just saying that doesn't negate the spiritual principle of tithing. Just adjust your budget accordingly. But the pastor is saying that Cameron, they're worried about the future of the church because the millennials and Gen Z don't tithe at all. And then they're going to be the primary support of the church is an issue. Nope.
2: So look, all right. Go so, for well, it. I have a different perspective on tithing. I don't, I don't think tithing. I don't tithing. Tithing is an Old Testament law. So it's like if you're going to if people that don't follow the Old Testament laws say that we got to tithe, then that we got to follow all the Old Testament laws. You can't pick and choose the Old Testament laws you want to follow. But I do believe in giving. I think the New Testament talks about giving. So I don't think tithing. Is is a lot, and also tithing. When you look in the Old Testament, was meant for it was more like welfare for people who couldn't take care of themselves, and the Levites who couldn't own land. Preachers can own land. Levites couldn't own land. Preachers can are good. So, but that's that. That's neither here nor there. But. I mean, we Jesus about, did
1: talk about the widow's might and things like that, I mean, Jesus but when did we talk, talk about, about giving, but most of that's
2: coming out of abundance. So they're saying, "Hey, money is down for the new generation of people." Well, oh, guess what?
1: The widow's might parable doesn't talk about abundance. No, he it was does like talk about penny. it. Does talk about
2: abundance? She her gave penny was what she, like worth more than because she gave what she had, though. She compared to everyone but else, but it wasn't
1: out of abundance.
2: Yes, it was. That he was, was her abundance. She All gave she,
1: sacrificially. That her giving was more sacrificial than the rich. When man. I said
2: up, when I'm when I'm saying abundance, I, when I'm saying abundance, I'm not talking monetarily. I'm talking about in comparative to what everybody else gave. She gave a she gave the most, even though it was just a mite, because it was out of an abundance. She didn't. She didn't. It doesn't say that she gave that she didn't pay uh, Caesar or pay her rent to give her might. It's just saying what she had left over was just a little bit. It was one might. That's all she had left over from taking care of herself. And she gave that. But everybody else, they they gave out of fear, meaning that they were trying to hoard stuff for themselves. So all I'm saying is if people can't take care the of the properness and
1: untithing do not necessarily reflect the views of relevant media group. The well, hey, podcast, look, listen, or, we
2: could we could de- like, we could debate tithing. I don't have a problem with that because I could take you straight to the Bi- straight to the Bible and show you. you won't find an old you won't find a New Testament verse that says people are supposed to tithe. So if we're saying we're not going to follow the Old Testament laws, then why are you tithing? Because that's an Old Testament principle. So we can I, have I that do debate think later. That,
3: well, I think that for me and pers- my perspective is like a lot of, I think that the flexing of pastors, like of recently seeing pastors flex and, and like, you know, um, preachers and sneakers and stuff like that. I think that when Gen Z and my, I'm not Gen Z, I'm a millennial, but when they see that, it's almost like. Where's the money going to? And so I, I do appreciate guys like Mike Todd, who at the end of the year, they give all that money away. And like, you know, like my church in Florida was affected by Mike Todd when I was there. He gave us like a hundred grand and we didn't even, Dude, I mean, like he. I can't g- believe you just
1: said that. I need, to, I need to say something about Mike Todd. I don't know Mike Todd. I know a lot of these guys. I don't know Mike Todd. I was having lunch with my pastor the other day and I noticed he had gone out to Transformations Conference. I was like, oh, do you, like do you know Mike? And he goes, I don't really know him. I know him. I mean, like I've met him a couple of times, but I don't really know him. But yeah, he gave us $100,000 when we were planting the church.
3: That's what I'm saying. Like that is, and Mike Todd to me is my, when I see, he's when like people are like, what kind of church? the person behind the scenes. Yeah, and yeah. that's what I, my point is like, with out of excess, he like, he's like, hey, we don't need it. But I think that, I have also known of many churches that will take that money and then keep it and then you know there's people in the church who are struggling and I've seen other churches where they're like, listen, if you are a widow or if you need help, please we want to give you money like I've seen the reverse of it, but I think the overall idea is that our preacher is abusing the money. And so why would I give to somebody that I just don't... There's no transparency. So I think new, this new level of pastoral um pastors that we're having, there's a level of transparency that I really do appreciate. I, I, I tithe personally because I just... I don't know. People are like, are you religious? Like, is it like the religious mindset where I have to tithe? Cause I, I, you know, when I got saved, it was like tithe or you're going to hell. I don't do it out of judgment. I just, I do believe it's blessed me, but that's just me though. You know, like that's what yeah. I, I believe, well, but you know, I could see it being hard to, to, to tithe. And then the pastor is like, you know, pulling up in a Bentley or something like that, which is, could be common.
0: I do want to clarify, like, cause we were talking about Gen Z like doesn't give the research did say, Young donors are giving. They're giving to like international organizations, mm. like missions-based things, um, or like they're just not giving specifically to the local mm. church. They want their money to go. But they want their they money to go giving, somewhere so. that,
2: that they feel like that is going to do do work. Again, if we're talking about tithing in the Old Testament, it was meant to take care of people that couldn't necessarily take care of themselves, and we see, I, I've I've seen churches that. You know, people tithe to for, you know, for years. And then if they are late on a bill or they need help with a bill or came into an emergency, they couldn't even get any money from the church or they mm-hmm. put all these strip stipulations on it. And just to give you all a stat to to let people know what's going on. 50% of Americans, 56% of Americans cannot cover a $1,000 emergency, period. Like they can't. 56% of people don't have a $1,000 saved up. So just to give us a perspective on that so we could say, hey, you know, we live in a country where or it doesn't matter, you know, God's principles, you should still, you know, give and things like that. And I agree with that. I think that we should definitely be generous and that God's going to take care of us. But God also don't want us to be no idiots. So
1: he loves a cheerful giver. Absolutely. So, not an obligation. It's, a, it's out of the heart. All right. What's the last thing, Emily? We got to wrap this up.
0: Super quick. Um, this actually just came out uh, earlier today. Rolling Stone has reported that HBO uses, quote, an army of fake accounts on Twitter to attack critics of their show, which of is course. very... Funny and petty. Kevin Durant. I know it. But,
4: but the, yeah, yeah, ex- about it. exactly. They they're basically following the NBA model for 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 writers, players, and <laughs> coaches, oh, and uh, evidently yeah. officials. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, right. I think HBO is just a large scale public. There's so many. You know, I, I do feel like public people who've been kind of caught doing this. Um, there needs if if I were if I was like in a lawmaker. Right, and because they're so, we've all seen like some congressional hearing where they bring in like Mark Zuckerberg or um, you know some some Silicon Valley founder, and they're asking the most inane questions that that you can tell a lot of these lawmakers have never opened up a social media app and have very little. I would do something about burner accounts, like it, it, like <laughs> you know how like their sponsored content or, or hashtag ad. If it's a burner, it has to you have to be shamed. Like whether you're HBO <laughs> or whether yeah, they're exploiting Kevin Durant.
1: There's no way they I would could fig- ever I would know figure out, that it's a burner. Listen,
4: li- listen. It, 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 so, I, that's not <laughs> it, that's it, not as it. a lawmaker. I have that's not three.
1: My... I have three accounts. On my phone, right? Mm. I when I go into X or Instagram or any, I have Cameron Strang, Relevant, Relevant Podcast. So if I'm switching between accounts, does that mean I'm like Relevant Magazine is my burner account? Or like, not, like, listen, there's no way. It's,
4: listen, it's it's as a lawmaker, I I'm telling this is what this is what Silicon Valley and these apps
2: do. They solve problems. Okay, Dubai it's not my job as a lawmaker. <laughs> they got yeah. surveillance yeah. everywhere, so we just need yeah, to yeah exactly. With them.
4: You're allowed to use. I'm not saying you can't use them. I'm just saying it has to say hashtag burner, and you have to be shamed by it. Like it's (laughs) gotten out of control, (laughs) and 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 it's and it's and it's ruined the utility of all of this. Figure it out, Silicon
1: Valley. The moral of the story is if you if you criticize an HBO show online, and some people come at you saying no, it's great, you're wrong. It's probably HBO
2: telling you. So that. you said they're bots <laughs> too, right? They're not even real accounts. They're bots. They're not real people. On well, them.
0: it came out because a guy is suing HBO for um, kind of workplace harassment, and he had to list his duties. And he said one of them was to go onto these burner accounts and yeah, no, it's like, attack critics. Yeah. Oh, wow. no. yeah, it's like actual Gallop. humans.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now <laughs> I know who staff. I'm fighting.
1: HBO staff is out there tweeting you. Yeah, that. The what's the, the salary salary I, for that to job? I
2: need to apply. What's the salary? <laughs> Don't say anything about Euphoria.
1: <laughs> Don't let
3: them hear this episode. They're gonna come at us, Emily. Nope.
1: They come at us. Tell us how great Euphoria. is. I hope they All do. Right. That'll do it for. Relevant Stay tuned. Up next, Mosaic MSC joins us
2: like me as much as i like you do you want to run with me into the night i'm just as sure about you so i know the sky's blue do you like me too or do i have to fight you do you want me as much as i want you just your body language implies that you might do i can't help but feel like the stage is exciting do you want me back or is this song? You're listening to
1: Solomon. The song is unrequited. That's my high school nickname. Hey, if you like this podcast, but you might like it better if there were no ads, you can do that. Head over to relevantmagazine.com and sign up for Relevant Plus. For just a couple bucks a month, you get this podcast ad-free. You get ad-free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com, including the full podcast and magazine archives. Our beautifully designed digital issue and a little more. Check out all the info right there on the Relevant Plus tab at relevantmagazine.com. Well, our guests today are Mariah McManus and Carlos Pimentel from Mosaic MSC. The worship group from Mosaic Church in LA are gearing up to drop new music that sounds unlike anything they've ever released. We spoke to them about why they're changing up their sound, how they find creative inspiration, and why they want to push the boundaries of worship music. Here's our conversation with Mosaic MSC.
0: I just want to know like where what's been like the inspiration for this new music where's it coming from
5: yeah well you know every time we go and write a lot of times we have to get out of LA because LA like we were just talking about is chaotic and we love it we choose to live here and be here but Um, definitely takes some like intentionality to leave like the noise and the craziness and so usually we go right and there's a lot of times like an intention so like I, I remember the last trip we went on when we wrote your love will never change one of our writers was like okay so like usually have like a verse or like a thought or a word or like a lot of times we've had like an album title before we've even written the songs and she was like, so yeah, what is it? And I was like, I don't have it. <laughs> I don't have know. Um, and that was really, really cool because it's always fun to look at creativity from a different perspective and to like try different things. And we've, we've gotten us into such a flow in the many years that we've all written together. And it was a good, nice change up to be like, let's just take all the like expectations off and just see what comes naturally. And, So we kind of let the songs lead, and this "Your Love Never Changed" was like the craziest, most out of the box (laughs) song that we had, and it was the one that all of us just like immediately were like, "That is so special." And what's cool about that song for us is just that it's just as special, like with all the auto tune and the pitch shifting and like the craziness, as it is just like stripped down and live Mm -hmm. with just lyrics, and that's always like a really, really beautiful thing when you realize okay yeah this song's cool but does it actually have the depth and the meaning that we want it to have and so that's why we love the song but yeah
0: Worship music gets experimental because I I see so many other genres trying new things, and so I really love when worship artists kind of step out too. Um, where I'm curious, like, where did y'all get inspiration for this sound?
6: I mean, I it's like a little bit maybe hard to point out something specific, I just remember. When we we normally don't do this, but going into that writing camp, we actually we did a, a playlist. Maybe we should share that playlist at some point. It's a great
5: it's playlist, a really but it is playlist. incredibly random.
6: It's so random. So we <laughs> all, everyone, everyone in the band basically submitted their songs, and we all together were listening to the same playlist for the days like leading to mm-hmm. to the to the camp, and it was like cool. I think a lot of the songs in there, like they do have they're like upbeat songs and like they feel fun. And, and, and maybe it's also like, we, we, like we're we also different, you know, like I'm Puerto Rican and a lot of my influence come from reggaeton music or, or music that no one has ever heard before. Um, and I love sharing it with my friends and like having my friends that are so supportive of, of the music that I can bring. And we kind of like we're so co- collaborative in the way that we think about music. And I feel that that really inspired like the overall um and it was not just a song like everything that came out from that camp i think has a little bit of that same
5: yeah and it's picture. all as like it's different so many different pieces yeah. as as random maybe as the playlist are the songs that came out of that writing yeah. retreat but it's like so what carlos is saying like so representative of like um each different perspective you know and we've always we've come to terms with the fact that like one song is going to be so drastically different from the from the other because one person is so drastically different from the other and when it sounds like the same it feels okay like it's only maybe one from from one person and so i think it's like the best part about it is that you probably won't ever hear a song like that from us again i hope Mm -hmm. it's something as cool and as unique and as like shocking but Yeah, it really came from that playlist that was little pieces of all of us you know and songs like wouldn't i would never even know to find yeah yeah. (laughs) like i don't even know that part of spotify (laughs) um but you know that i'm being exposed to by my friends who i trust as artists and creatives and so to be able to like bring that all together is really really cool
0: Uh, were you all nervous at all like to experiment with your sound
5: no I, I I think for us it comes very naturally like maybe to an extreme where we'd rather be misunderstood and like true to our our selves than be like digestible if we're not you know and the best thing about being part of a church is that, being true to like ourselves is being true to us as a community, not us as individuals. And so, you know, we're just like a very, very small part of a huge group of people that were, that we have the honor of like musically representing. And so, you know, we have to consider and we want to consider, and we love to consider our church, the role that, that the song plays in the community and like how it's sung. Um, But that's something that because we're in LA, I feel like we have an incredible advantage to be able to be out there and like think a little bit like differently in terms of how we express ourselves musically, because everyone here is also expressing themselves in a different way, which is probably how they found themselves in LA in the first place. Um, And so, you know, we've, we've been incredibly lucky that like our leaders and our pastors entrust us to try to push the limits, try to explore, try to outdo ourselves mm-hmm. and be in constant competition with like what we've done in the past. And it's a true representation of like us constantly seeking Jesus and constantly seeking um, what he wants for us. It's like, okay, how do we push further in every aspect of our life as well? How do we like continue to follow that path instead of just staying in one like train of thought or in one state of mind, in one genre of music? We're like, let's just do whatever's in our mind and um, see where it takes us
6: yeah i feel like we we write and we do music now from a place of of we do it from a place of freedom you know like we feel comfortable exploring and trying like from um lyrically with the, the lyrics and words that we're using to the music that we're exploring there's no there's like zero sense of we shouldn't do this you know
5: which maybe we should have maybe but we, we, should we don't. Have. <laughs> <laughs>
6: but we're we're okay we're okay living in a space where um you know especially in that in that in the in that first se- um part the first part of steps of of writing and creating mm-hmm. having that that sense of, of freedom and knowing that hey you can try something and if it doesn't work it's okay mm-hmm. it's a huge thing you know yeah. when we do it in front of people yes like we do like it's like are people gonna like? Are people gonna think that we're crazy? Oh yeah, in
5: front of you people, know, in front of yeah, people, definitely a nervous. Story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
6: but like I like like what Mariah was saying. I feel a lot of people in our community, and it's like the beauty of what we do and what we love doing. It we're connected to our local church, and like the music that we're doing and we're writing and creating is first for our community, mm-hmm. and it's a con- constant um, test. It's a constant. Um, Let's try, let's try this and see if it works. You know, it's not just like coming to the church and be like, hey, here's a song. You got to like it. It's like, <laughs> no, we're going to we'll play, play it. it a
5: hundred times until you love it.
6: <laughs> we'll play it And if you like it, we'll, we, we want your feedback. We want to know if it's something yeah. that works for, for our congregation and for the people listening to our music.
0: I'd really love to know, do you have any like advice for someone who maybe is stuck creatively and like wants to get out of a rut and like get, get confident in their creativity again?
5: Yeah, I mean, I feel like the biggest advantage we have is that we have collaborators. I think one of the hardest things, like we both individually write music and come from that world before we ever met each other. And I feel like I hit that wall a lot more independently and there's no like ceiling when you're in collaboration with Mm -hmm. other people. You know, I think that's something beautiful that communities taught me is that like, even in life, it's like when you're collaborating with people, you get a lot more energy, you get a lot more excited for life. You know, there's more hope, there's more depth, um, there's more joy. And so to be in collaboration and, and alongside of other people that are on mission with you that, are excited about writing music, that are excited about creating something. Um, You know, you lean on each other. In any relationship, in life, any friendship, you have to lean on each other in different moments. And I think that's the best part about creating with other people is that, like, if something's not inspiring you in the moment, you have somebody to feed off of. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, like, I feel like there's never been we've definitely left writing sessions being like, that wasn't the best Mm -hmm. and that's okay because you're not always going to get the best, you know, you're not always going to strike gold or like hit a hundred percent every time, but it's the rep. I mean, that's just part of the muscle and the discipline of doing any sort of creative act is like, you just keep pushing through. Uh, But being able to do it with people to me is like the thing that snaps me out of it and doing it for people, not just with people but for people is amazing to be able to remember that like what you're doing it for is something bigger than you
6: i would say like if you're um, if you're stuck you have to go back to the basics of why you do what you do you know like um we're so driven by outcomes and especially you know from a creative standpoint you know like you're doing music there's a song you're trying to write a song and the song is not complete until you have a song you know and like there's that that mentally we we know you know like you're not succeeding until you get the outcome and a lot of times you know like I, I know in my personal life I'm in a season right now where you know I Taking a lot more responsibility with work and um, life is a lot more complicated. I have three kids. You know, two of them play soccer every weekend. Um, there's a lot of things happening at church. We're working on a conference, working on on, Mose, on MSC. Um, and the other day, I was like, I, I was like, I feel stuck. And I was like, I just got it. I, what I'm gonna do right now? I'm just gonna block three hours of my day, and I'm gonna sit down and play in the piano without the, um, the intention of necessarily having, coming out with an outcome of a song. And I just sat down, started playing, and just started like processing through writing the way that I was feeling. And it was so liberating. It was so um, exciting for me to tune into that part of my, something that's connected to my essence, um, that I love to do regardless of, of having a final song or a final product. Just being there and being able to write something that connected deeply to the moment that I was in, um, gave me, gave me so much life.
3: That was
1: Mosaic MSC. Stay tuned. Up next, it's your feedback.
0: Applesauce, I'm hanging.
2: next to. Can't face me. Look at that corner, I look like that's fading. I can't go back and forth, that's way too draining. Stack up like Tetras, I don't do gaming. My character, black town, y'all boys can't play
0: me. Right, I gotta run with the wind. He opened the door, and I win. I did it for all of my kids.
1: Remember, you're listening to John Keith. The song is God Don't Lie. Today's show is brought to you in part by The Chosen. Season four of The Chosen is coming to theaters nationwide on February 1st, and this season has everything. Clashing kingdoms, rival rulers, and when they're threatened by the reality of Jesus' growing influence, religious leaders do the unthinkable, choose to ally themselves with the Romans. As the seeds of betrayal are planted in opposition to Jesus' message turns violent, he's left with no alternative but to demand his followers rise up. So get ready, relevant podcast listeners. February 1st is the big release day. Go get your tickets now at thechosenriseup.com.
3: Okay, it's time for
1: your feedback. Uh, last week we got talking about fall and the pumpkin spices of, and, and all the things, all the trappings. And we got thinking about all the things that annoy us about fall. So we asked you, what's your least favorite thing about fall? We're so uplifting here at the show. Uh, you hit us up on X at Relevant Podcast and at Relevant Magazine everywhere else. And here's a few of our favorites.
4: Caleb's absolutely right. It's it's the time change, which I feel like every year I hear. Yeah, they're changing it. This is the year. This is the last one. They're finally rolling this 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 law made for agrarian times. They're finally changing it. Uh, but he says it's the most annoying. Who wants it to get dark after four p.m.? Uh, I've been working late and it's lights out. Uh, lights out this week. And, and, you know, it is a bummer when you leave when you leave work or leave your house in the middle of the afternoon. It's already dark. There's no reason for this law to exist anymore. There, there. And they talk about it every year. Burner accounts and daylight saving times. Get on it, lawmakers. I would. I, vote, I, don't, I don't care what your politics are. I will vote for you. <laughs> listen, politicians, I will so, vote for you. But what
2: did daylight savings make it get it, dark Daylight savings or, all year round. All year oh, round. I heard. No, I
1: heard. Okay. I, you said agrarian society. I, I had always heard that as well. This is about farming and the harvest and all that kind of stuff. It's not. It started in 1918 during World War One to conserve fuel. Mm. So they did it literally as an act to conserve fuel for some reason, and it just stuck. Mm. And then we've been either doing way. it ever since because- of World way, War I's one. been it's over such. for
2: a while now. Right. It it made all, we we may want right to hold right on to that rule because it ain't looking good for the whole team right now. We got a lot going on, so we- we may need to. We may need to at own, the very least give us an bit. extra, an extra, you know, hour daylight.
3: First Sunday of November. That's when it happens, right? Yeah,
1: yes. yeah. First Sunday of November. Changing so. the clocks allows us to maximize the amount of sunlight we get while we're awake. Contrary to popular belief, daylight savings was not introduced to help farmers get some extra sun, nor was it an invention of Benjamin Franklin. Instead, lawmakers thought it might lead us to use less electricity during World War One. So.
4: I Either way, it's stupid. Last time I checked, the war <laughs> that that war is over, and
0: that also doesn't make sense to me. Because if it's darker outside, mm-hmm. I have to turn on my like Boom. I have to turn Someone's on more light. Yes.
3: the whole the whole argument was Something just, it doesn't, doesn't just it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Destroyed. Yep. All right, yeah, it's depressing. depressing. There's <laughs> no need for
4: it. There's no need for it. Or burners. <laughs> this is this would be my whole platform <laughs> if I was running for the presidency. I, I it just Get common rid of the sense, burners. people. You know, like we'll have we'll have generals figure out military stuff. I'll have economists figure out the the economy. I'm just the common sense guy <laughs> and I'm not going to busy myself the Ministry with of
3: common <laughs> defense. Jesse, exactly. vote for him. Vote exactly. For Jesse.
4: Just straight up common sense. There, from now Karen on, cares. by mandate, there are eight That's hot it. dogs in a package and eight hot dog buns. There's no more discrepancies. I agree. I th- th- agree. I'm just saying. I, I my, my whole platform would be common sense. Common sense. Let's, because if we can't figure out hot dogs, okay, how are we supposed to figure out some global conflict, some the next pandemic, <laughs> the, you know, the, the you know, t- t- tax rates? You're on We something don't even here. have hot dogs figured out, okay? Let's start there. Let's start with the easy stuff. That's awesome. And just work our way outward. It's like I it, vote it's for like your common have a common t-
1: sense ticket. I like it. it, it, it. Who'd be like, your VP? Seinfeld? Huh? Larry hey, David, hey, David really it's like a Larry, yeah, Larry David. Yeah. Probably Larry
4: David. <laughs> Probably Larry David. And, 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 because it's like when you have a to-do list. Everyone knows this. When you, when you come into like a Saturday and you got the to-do list, you, you sandbag like the first five just so you can check them off the list. That's right. You know what I mean? I just the did first that. five oh, is my like goodness. replace paper replace paper towels. Oh that, okay. Uh, done. You know what I mean? Like cut cut yeah, yeah, cutting the grass is at the bottom of the list because if you don't get there and it's like a three hour job. Look at all the stuff you yeah. checked off because you sandbagged. Love but if that. you start with the top, if you start with cutting the grass at the top, guess what? Probably nothing on the list is going to get done. This is the principle of the Common Sense Party sandbagging the to do list. This
3: is <laughs> the Common this, Sense
1: it's, Party. It's, that is Common Sense. So, of all the societal Justin ills, the Common Sense Party starts off with hot dogs. We're going what we're going. Yep. We're going to fix right. hot, if we can't hot dogs. Figure we're going to hot fix hot dogs. Daylight daylight you figure. Figure. you got my vote. We're, see- we're going to fix burner accounts. Burner accounts. You got my vote. I can't solve racial inequity. Or or overnight.
3: That's, that's not, not his job. job. Yeah. That's we'll not his there. job. His we'll job is right. the common sense ministry
2: right. Right. of defense. I'm saying I like we're it.
4: working our way down a list, is what I'm saying. I'm saying it's not get the on easy the list. stuff I'm not out saying the, the way, right? It. It's, it's yeah. like the exactly. it's like the
2: Dave Ramsey plan or whatever, yeah. right? So because the, the
1: political gridlock is because they're dealing with they're dealing with two bigger problems, is what you're saying. So the gridlock, nothing's getting done, right? So if we can just deal with the common sense problems, that okay, I like it.
0: And then you can say, see how we agreed on the hot dog thing? Let's yeah. agree about this. I like it. I, we
1: were able to come together around hot dogs. Can we yeah. please come like together it. around the tax hey, code? Look, I yeah, like I like it. like it. I vote okay. for it. it, okay. it. All right, it makes sense to me. Thank you. That'll, that'll do it for your feedback. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, uh, we led right into it. Now we want your help in fleshing out Jesse's platform, the Common Sense Party. So what are the other common sense things like hot dogs, daily savings time, (laughs) identifying burner (laughs) accounts that you would put on the platform Mm. that you that would get your vote if Jesse (laughs) campaigned on it? Hit us up on uh, Twitter at relevant podcast and relevant everywhere else. And we'll read our favorites the next week's show. This will be good. This will be good.
4: How about this? How about you know how they have the crosswalk timers for pedestrians, you know? Yeah. I yeah. think everyone would chill out a little at stoplights if they had them for the drivers. Mm. Why are you giving it to the pedestrians out If I'm looking at the if I'm looking at the red light, well, okay, and it says yeah. 15 seconds, I'm going to be way more chill on that stoplight because, because otherwise I'm sitting there. When is it going to turn? When is it going to turn? And I'm you know looking around at my phone. Fo- mm. And the half the people looking at their phone. If they see a countdown, again, common sense. Like if we, we look, I just solved traffic. We solved hot dogs. Now we're cooking.
1: Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Mosaic MSC for joining us. Uh, Make sure to check out their new music. Um, It's fantastic. They have some great stuff. Also, head over to the website, relevantmagazine.com. We are covering the intersection of faith, culture, and everything in between every day. Uh, Follow us on the socials for the latest. And if you want to get our best content each weekday morning sent to your inbox, we send our top five trending stories. You can just sign up for our newsletter right there at the website. Also, if you want an ad free experience, ad free version of this podcast, ad free unlimited reading at the website, and an enhanced beautiful digital magazine, sign up for Relevant Plus. Plans start as low as two fifty a month, and it's the best way to experience our content. All right, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron String. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Derek Miner.
0: I'm Emily Brown. I'm
1: Marty. <laughs> we'll see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone.